0: Okay, well, I, uh, as promised, I'm joined now by Dr. Nareen Kawaja, and uh, she, uh, along with our other panelists, is going to provide uh, her own response to David Newheiser's "Hope in a Secular Age." And so, first of all, I'll just say, Nareen, thanks for joining me. It's great to uh, have this conversation today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really delighted to get into it.
0: First question is very, very vague and very general. But you know, what do you take to be David Newheiser's most important contributions? in Hope for a Secular Age.
1: Thank you. Yes, so um, I read this book with great interest and uh, a sense of kinship budding across many different elements and threads of the work. And I think, um, you know, the way I assess its contribution is, grows from from that sense of appreciation and and, and sort of uh, kinship and in, in sharing a certain um, effort to reorient questions about the relation of philosophy and theology, the relation between the religious and the secular from what maybe was a classical it's not a very technical world, classical in the sense of this is how you know maybe my teachers did it and their teachers' teachers did it, not classical in any more rigorous sense than that, but at least a conventional way of framing um, problems at the intersection of those fields where by you know what we understand theology to be or religion to be is defined by propositions by um, uh, by stances um, in relation to Christianity uh, that often looks like faith as the kind of central topos for such work and to kind of reorient what I appreciate about uh, about Neuheiser's book is is um, is is its contribution to an endeavor in which I also see myself as a part and my own work as a part to reorient the 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 sort of um Focus of of those questions about the relation of these fields and these practices, from one being about sort of the 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 ideas one holds and how one arrives there, to about the holding, how one holds them, how does one sit, how does one's body sit, how does one's affects sit in the holding. So, I think you know maybe it's not too strong to speak of a kind of practice turn in the philosophy of religion proper. Um, and I think David's work represents a really lucid, um, and compelling contribution to that endeavor. And, you know, it's, you can see this in the kinds of people he's in dialogue with, you know, invoking someone like Lauren Berlant in the elaboration of his argument is a kind of sign, I think. Of the way he's reoriented some of these questions, and I think, in, and so you know, I've spoken in a, in a sort of um, very broad way methodologically about where I where I see the contribution um, of the work concentrated, and I think, in particular, um, I think wh- where where the 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 topic that he he focuses on, which is hope. Um, the problem of hope. Hope, you know, I think by dissociating hope from um, what one has reason to believe, by by defining hope as a kind of decision added to commitment to what one can calculate or assess as being so, um, he opens up a really fruitful space to think about the practice of reason and how the study of religion contributes to understanding the way we practice reason. Um, And compellingly to me, reads Derrida and Dionysus, uh, figures who have been much read and read over in debates about the secular and the more and the this. And I think both unsettles some of the ways in which those thinkers have been used by polemicists in this debate, or maybe that's not a fair word to say polemicists, but just those who have taken very strong positions about um, the relation between religion and the secular. and. So he unsettles some of the ways in which those thinkers, Dionysus and Derrida have been used by by others in that debate, but also I think makes a compelling case um, for their ongoing role in that conversation that these are both thinkers who um, make central to the practice of their thought um, a certain kind of tension And that's where I think the payoff of his approach really comes through: the practice of reason, the tension in holding a view. Derrida and Dionysus on Newheiser's read. I think con- he convinces me that they are both thinkers for whom the noise, the tension, the sort of little murmur at the edge of a view or a posture are important to the substance of what we hold and how we hold it in relation to one another. And so I, I really, I think that um, it's, a, it's, it's dramatic work done subtly in his book. And I, I just appreciate that quite a lot. So I think that that would be my answer as to sort of where I see the, con- the contribution most centering.
0: One of the things I was picking up there uh, Nareen, was that there's a way that if you just glanced at uh, at hope in a secular age, you might say, you know, uh, this seems like a book from the '90s. There's uh, the pseudo Dionysus, there's Derrida, and we're doing philosophy of religion in some sense, if not political theology. And yet, as you're as you're pointing us to, uh, David reads those figures and and many others in ways that are fresh and reorient our approaches to, as you were saying, the philosophy of religion, as Having as much to do with practice or praxis as it does with thought or constructing arguments. And then it also points us to the fact that, and, and I myself am, am, a, am, a, am a purveyor of this, I think so many of us have tried to separate philosophy of religion from theology uh, for disciplinary reasons, you know, being part of the AAR rather than um, being part of some other, um, you know, uh, big tent of uh, of. Whatever it may be, philosophy, theology, et cetera, that what you've said really makes me think that that David is pointing us to how those uh, those borders might be reapproached, that we might, we might reapproach the the borders of philosophy and theology, or the secular and the religious, or whatever trite sort of binaries we want to we want to bring up. I think David, David's really asking us to rethink those and to reapproach them and and I, I guess that's what I took to be some of the, the contributions you're pointing us to that, that are really important. Um, and so I guess that would just lead me to a second question, which would be, you know, what are some of the questions that arise for you in response to the work, whether that be in criticism um, or in just in terms of questions it raises for related works or themes or, or phenomena?
1: Um, yeah, thank you. I, I, um Lots of questions, and I think that's a sign of a, of a good work that leaves you with um, questions that that one that I, that you want to think about. Um, one of one of the um, <clears throat> I think main sets of questions that I have been sort of grappling with and reflecting on his work um, has to do with not the relation between religion and the secular or theology and philosophy, which we've just spoken about in a sort of um, loose way uh, just now, but rather um, the way in which he really, I think the shortest way to put it is the question about the secular itself. And it's Uh, valences in this text, which I take to be multiple. One of them um, is, you know, in the way uh, David pushes back on some critics of religion, noting, you know, people like Mark Lilla, for example, noting that the object that they have um, posited as the target of their criticism, religion. Really, when it comes down to the critique, it looks like they're really worried about precisely that pre-turned notion of theology, that is, a system of tenets that induces commitment and certain kinds of norms and precludes certain kinds of rational debate. And in pointing out that such criticism often falls for an error in believing its target to be about more than just Christianity, and Neuheiser is also clear here that it's rarely about Christianity as such either, that it's often a caricature of a certain kind of Christianity, which may be dominant or mainstream, but is certainly not exhaustive of the resources of the tradition. And... That, in, that in, in pointing out that, that such criticisms sort of fall for that false isomorphism and thinking about talking about religion, they're really talking about Christianity, so they're really talking about Christianity thinking that they're talking about religion, in fact. And pointing that out, um, which I find a compelling argument, something that I've thought a lot in, in, in um, my encounters with such critique, um, he sort of asks us to think about um, alliances in the space opened up by that so if we if we push aside the false isomorphism between religion as the object of a certain kind of secular criticism and christianity if we push that aside then i think it raises a couple of different kinds of questions for new project one is is this is what what do you want to do with that space that you've just opened up do you want is the main goal to make room for Christian hope in a secular age. Which I think there are good reasons to think that that's what Neuheiser's doing. That's hope in a secular age is the way he's titled the book. He's picked authors who are, you know, Derrida himself, not a Christian, um, but so thoroughly engaged with um, Christian metaphysics, Christian thought, also engaged with Dionysus. There's a lot of reason to think that. But um, I think one of the um, other implications or possibilities opened up by the question, and and um, and that is to say, you know, what if he want he want uh, toward the end of the book, he makes a point somewhere that says that um, he's interested in how the alliance between Dionysus and Derrida. Offers us reason to think that the line between the secular and the religious may not be drawn where one thinks it's drawn. And if part of the reason that we've been led to believe that secular critiques of religion were more successful than they are is because we've been diminishing the role that other metaphysics, other forms of practice have, then you know, sort of I'm left wanting to know what are the possibilities to think about hope in a much more broadly comparative way Um, what's the you know I mean what's the role if even just following sort of the lines of David's own project I could see and would be greatly interested in seeing how it affects the kind of arguments he's making um, a project which would explore alliances and disanalogies between some of the ways in which uncertainty and tension of the impossible the kind of um, the position that closure is tempting and hope is ascetic. I see resonances of that idea in many, many different traditions, whether we're thinking about the role that indeterminacy or uncertainty plays in certain strains of Indian or Christian thought, uh, sorry, Chinese thought, or um, whether we're thinking about maybe the way that a certain kind of multiple worlds cosmology has made an impact across a number of different fields um, in the humanities now from environmental studies to theology to literary studies, um, and to kind of be thinking about that. And, and while it's not the project he's taken on, I think the reason I have reason to ask of him or ask of the, the project that this is to engage in that reflection is because one thing that the secular can mean is you know an age. That's the way it's being used in the title. But there are these other threads throughout the work that maybe the secular is a practice of separation. Maybe the secular is a mirage of distance that Christianity invents on its own to tell a story about its relationship to the world. And it's, it's not really clear to me that a commitment to thinking about the kind of tension the epistemic tension that he's interested in um, doesn't unsettle the very notion of the secular age that he's used to frame the work. And so to me, I, I see the way in which that question would be best taken up as one that kind of goes through the fire of a deep, maybe messy, maybe difficult, maybe embarrassing comparative work that tries to think about the practice of indeterminacy and reason across a number of different spheres. And insofar as I think, you know, uh, he he really does want us to be thinking about the political implications of this praxis. That's one of the things I really also appreciated about his reading of Derrida in particular to point pointing to the ways in which Derrida envisioned um, a thinking of difference as an intrinsically political project about, the nature of democracy about the nature of relation, um, insofar as you know, we have reason to sort of uh, uh, think with that. I think um, we 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 would benefit really from a rethinking of I mean, um, well, to put it just in the more, even more simply, right? So, insofar as um, hope modeled on a kind of aesthetic resistance of closure is a political project, is enfolded within a political vision, then we should be thinking about who we need to make relations with right now, who we are in relation with right now. And to me, though I'm compelled by the story, I'm compelled that Dionysus and Derrida are part of it, um, it's not a satisfying image of the partners with whom I want to have that conversation. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you say then, Noreen, that um, if we take up the motif of praxis and this practice, this ascetic practice of resisting closure, and the various ways that that might be manifest? Um, I guess just to clarify, would you say that perhaps what David has done here in these readings of Dionysus and, and Derrida is a beginning, um, but but it's 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 just that. Uh, if we're going to take this practice to its uh to its end then the alliances the partnerships um they have to be expanded and they, and as you say that process may be um, that process may be messy but i it 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 seems like that has to be part of the the larger project you know it has to be part of what comes next i guess is what i hear you saying um and i guess a a follow up for you would just be would that mean then that the 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 import of David's work is really about praxis and structure rather than content when it comes to hope? That the practice of hope as the resistance, the ascetic resistance of closure, is is actually what's at stake here. It is not the content of hope in a Christian sense, or even perhaps in a strictly secular sense. W- w- whatever framework we might be using there for the you know a secular hope, it seems as if what you're saying here is the takeaways are more on the side of, of practice. Who can we form partnerships, relations, alliances with uh, in terms of this practice of the resistance of closure as a way of hope? Uh, does that make sense to you? Or is that where you're going or? or, or? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's true uh, what you say that, that um, vis-a-vis what I was trying to articulate um, to say that I was aiming at emphasizing the the practice dimension of his work and seeing the kind of possibilities um, that it contains in that space. Um, I think if I want to sharpen just for a minute, like the point of contention, it's not only that this is a beginning and that would be a fulfillment. Um, And I don't say this because I think, you know, David has missed something obvious, but because I think this is where the problem is, and he's at work and trying to understand it. And I and I sort of want to kind of just try to re-articulate it for a second, which is that um, you know, it's and it's really not only about his work, it's a pattern I've seen much more broadly in attempting to kind of unsettle notions of the secular. Um, you know, Newheiser does not distinguish loudly in great detail between secularization and the secular. There's less um, work than I would like in putting to relief how he himself is using as a norm secular as he's trying to very, as he's in fact trying to unsettle it. And while I think it's correct, I am persuaded I think similarly that um, uh, those Fervent critiques of religion that come from so-called secularists in the contemporary arena, Leela and the others at all, let's say Leela at all. while I think they are wrong in their assessment of the possibilities um, that religion implies uh, in the modern era for politics, um, I think it's too convenient for a defense of Christian hope simply to point out that this is just Christianity's own caricature thrown back at itself and if especially if you're writing from that perspective the burden is on you to think about how that opens up a different sense a different a different place to think about traditional belonging like if the if the war is not between the secular and the religious as the secularists of this critique might want us to believe, if that misidentifies its target, then I want more thinking, I need more thinking in order to even just get a sense of what's made possible by this criticism um, about really whose alliances this kind of hope can serve.
0: Yeah, yeah. It seems to be one of the questions that uh, philosophy of religion has hovered on for uh, going on a decade or more certainly since the new millennium I guess um, and it, it, it is important and, and um, it opens up a lot of dimensions for discussion. Um, you know I promised uh, to keep our conversation uh, brief today and so I don't want to keep you over time but um, are there any other questions briefly that you'd like to pose to um, to uh, Newheiser and to the panel as we look forward to our our live uh, session together. And if not, that's okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I would just love to hear where people who are engaged with this work, and that includes Neuhiser and and the respondents, I would I would the prompt I would put to them would be to expand and clarify the meaning of the secular And specifically, on in relation to um, you know, if not, I think Newheiser himself is not accepting um, the idea that religion and the secular have you know no truck with one another. But I wonder whether the kind of um, line that he situates hope in relation to. So if hope is an aesthetic practice of resisting closure, right? Closure around what? Closure around what can be calculated, what can be determined as possible, what can be known. Is that more or less, is is what's in that bubble, like what we can know, can calculate, can determine as possible, does that actually more or less in in its contents, does Newheiser's picture of that bubble correspond to Mark Leela's picture of that bubble? Is he accepting that way of drawing the line and asking us to dispose ourselves differently to the line? Yep. Okay. And that's where there's a kind of either or in the comparative vis-a-vis um, ap- apologetic. Let's say there's two lines. There's an apologetic version of this project. There's a proto-comparative version of this project. And that's so I want to hear more about where he sits on that front and how other peoples react to it. That's my prompt. We shall see. I, I hope it shall be answered. <laughs>
0: like any good any good teacher uh you you send it out into the world and you hope you'll get something back so that's great well noreen i just want to say thank you there, there's so much here uh and as always with these things i'm tempted to ask you questions and keep discussing this for three hours because for me it's it's fascinating but we're not going to do that we're going to wait till our live uh session and and really dig into some of these questions and details there so for now i'll just say thank you um thanks for taking the time to do this during a, an incredibly busy and stressful time and uh, we will see you in just uh, a little bit here uh, at our panel for the conference, so thank you.
1: Thank you so much for great questions. I look forward to the discussion.